Well, hey there. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, the show that's all about real talk, real business, and real growth. I'm your host, Renee Dallow, multi-passionate entrepreneur, business and life coach, keynote speaker, and wedding planner. In this show, we dive headfirst into the conversations that matter most, from personal development to relationships, career success to wellness, and everything in between. This is a safe space to explore your messy middle and come out on the other side with a little more wisdom and hopefully a few more laughs. Every episode will bring you experts and thought leaders sharing their insights, experiences, and life lessons, empowering you to take that next step toward being your favorite version of yourself. Are you ready for it? Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow. Happy New Year, lovelies, and welcome to episode 207, Talk About Pivots with Heather Crabtree. Heather Crabtree, your savvy business growth strategist, has been the go-to consultant for seasoned service pros seeking a business transformation for over a decade. Through personalized strategies, accountability, and tailored action plans, Heather helps entrepreneurs grow their business without compromising their goals, priorities, or values, or sacrificing their boundaries. Heather guides founders to envision their big picture business, align it with their life, and develop it to stand the test of time. I'm so thrilled to have Heather Crabtree with us this week. She and I have known each other for a very long time, and I'm thrilled to kick off 2024 with this amazing episode. Go grab your coffee, grab your tea, and let's talk it out. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. I'm here this week with someone very special that I have known for a very long time. We have known each other Ms. for Heather. a very long time. <laughs> Those moments where I feel like I don't know what I'm doing or like I'm not, I don't ever feel new anymore, but there's still those moments, right? I have to yeah. remind myself that like I have been around for a long time. And then I have a guest like you who I'm like, you knew me when I was a baby business yeah. owner. I know. It's fun though. It's fun to be able to chat again. Um, and again, and again, and again, and see the path that we've taken. Yeah. When you, you hosted um, the Savvy Experience? Yeah. Yeah. What year was that? 27? 2016. 2016. Mm -hmm. So y'all had hosted a, a beautiful, um, I mean, honestly, top-notch conference back in 2016 that mm -hmm. I attended as a, I, all, back then I, I was only, and I'll use that word legitimately, I was only a wedding planner. Yeah, you were. I was, I mean, I think I was one of the only uh, wedding, just wedding planners in the room. It was really for like online entrepreneurs and copywriters and amazing creative women. And I remember sitting there thinking, I don't know if any of this is going to pertain to me now, but one day I might need this. And when I yeah. tell you that I go back to that workbook, a lot. <laughs> a lot. I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's interesting to me that how many people come back to me and say, you know, I wanted to go or I did go to that and how it really, and, and, and also me just seeing not only my path and what's, you know, transpired since then, but also everyone that I attended. And I'm not saying like, it's just cool to be, have that part in it. Like you were yeah. just a dot in it and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to see everybody's like journey has been yeah. really amazing. I mean, so many amazing women came out of that that I met at that conference are now doing big, amazing things in the world. And like, there are relationships that I made there that I still have to this day. So like, anytime someone's like, I don't know, we should go to that conference. I'm like, go to the conference y'all. Like yes. go, yes. go. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. When you go to a good conference and it's, and it's hosted well, and it's, you know, really thought through, yeah. even if it's not, you know, the most beautiful, even it's, it's the networking, the people that you get to meet can be, yeah. can really be a, a, a pivoting point, right. For you to yeah. just meet those people. Yeah. Well, and yeah. that's a great segue. Thank you for that very elegant segue into what we're talking about today. <laughs> that wasn't intentional, but there it was. <laughs> there it was. Um, which is like transitional points in life, like pivoting points in life. Now, I mean, I know your story, but for everyone listening, like you have had some very major pivots the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years. How long has it been? I mean, honestly, pivoting since I started. <laughs> so right. a quick a quick rundown of the pivots. So I went to law school. I was a business major. I went to law school, right? My goal was to own a law firm. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was really little, but I wanted to own a law firm. And so I went to law school. The last year of my law of law school, it was 2001. My dad passed away uh, suddenly at the age of 44. I was 23, 23-ish at that time. He passed away from a heart, having a heart attack. And it was a pivotal moment in my life because I had to do a really like, what do I want? And that's hard to do when you're 23 years old. And even totally developed yet, my gosh. Yeah, it was really, so that was like moment number one. It was two days before my birthday. A month later, September 11th happened. So all these things happened at once. And I was in law school in Oklahoma City where I don't have any family. And because I'm from Indiana originally. And I was there like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Because I love the education of law. But then what happened when I got into the practice of it, I did not like it. And at that time, there weren't a lot of jobs as attorneys. And people think, oh, you know, an attorney, you're getting paid so much. And I wasn't. Like, my husband and I are both attorneys. I actually met my husband in law school. We actually end up, we've been together now for almost 20 years. So I always say law school brought me an amazing education. It brought me a wealth of knowledge. It also brought me my husband. So, <laughs> um, but it, it, it brought me a lot of heartache and it was a, such a transitional time for me. So pivoting really started at that moment for me. Oh yeah. And I think I learned lessons at that time that most people had not had to, I don't want to say, I don't, let me back up. Not most people. A lot of people at the age of 23 had not had to experience yet. And so I had to grow up really quickly and figure out also what I wanted for me, because what I realized is that was my father's dream. He didn't get to go to college. My mom didn't get to go to college. They just came from my dad from a very large family. That was his dream. And it wasn't mine. I always wanted an education. I wanted to go to college. And I'm so glad I went to law school. So it's helped me in so many ways in business school. But I realized that this was not going to be my path. It just did not fill my cup up. And I knew I wanted a family as I, you know, not right away, but I knew I wanted a family. And I was like, I can't imagine I'm already working like 70, 80 hour weeks. Right. I can't continue to do this. Where this do you fit a family into that life? You don't. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and then of course, at that time too, I was the only female, I was the youngest person at the firm. I was the only female in the firm. And that was very challenging. It, no one was mean to me or rude. It was just, you felt kind of where you were. And I have never been good with that. So <laughs> um, I was like, this is not going to work out this way. And so yeah. I kind of challenged things. And then eventually it was just like, this is not for me. And so 
that's when I got into the wedding planning world and event planning. And I was like, I have $400 to use. I, you know, didn't have any money because yeah. I wasn't making hardly any money. And I was in a lot of debt from law school. So I took my $400 that I had, I bought a Dell computer. I'm showing my age here. Like this is a long time ago, y'all. This is like, I've, I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years. Yeah. I started the event planning business with no knowledge within a city that I knew no one. And I just was like, I'm going to make it happen. And I think that was one of the things I learned from my dad was like, you're going to, you're going to make it work. You're going to figure it out. It might yep. not be easy, but you're going to figure it out. You have the capacity to do that. Um, you have the knowledge to do that. So that's what I did. So that was my first pivot. The entrepreneurial like motto is I'll figure it out. <laughs> like, yeah, just, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And I, say that, I still say that to my husband to this. I'm like, we'll figure it out. We'll work it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Whatever it is, you know? So then six years into that, I had grown the business here in Phoenix, Arizona. And I was like having, a, I would, I had just had London, my oldest. And I was like, I can't go on like this. I can't be doing all of this. Yeah. And, um, we had, I had people, I had people that had helped me like associates, but like part-time, you know? Mm -hmm. So I had a client that came in and she was amazing and I did her wedding. And then she was like, Hey, I'd like to get into this. And she ended up buying half my company and became my business partner. And we ran that for almost another six years wow. and we grew the team. And during that time we were getting, I was getting asked a lot. Um, how did you do all this? Like, this is a lot at that time. It was very, yeah. new to have a business partner or even have teams. Honestly, it wasn't, well, it wasn't then, like the amount of education that we have now in the wedding industry, like didn't exist back then. Like I want everyone to really, like, hear this when I started and when Heather, especially when Heather started, we did not have webinars. We did not have YouTube channels. We did not have social media the way people are just giving out. No, no podcast. No, there was nothing. You guys, we were no. learning how to plan weddings from a binder. Yeah. <laughs> Remember? Yes. And I, I mean, most of it was just, again, learning on the job. Oh I had no idea. And I was in a, a luxury market and I did not grow up with wealth. So it was all very like, I'm in this world that I don't know. I've never known. And I had to learn so much going through it. But as we were going through it, people would start to ask us, how are you, how are you doing this and all that? And so that's when my coaching and like consulting started because People in the wedding industry and event industry were asking me, and that's I started speaking a lot. <clears throat> and so then we sold the business in 2014 because I just felt that was my calling. I had went to business school, I had went to law school, and I had always wanted, I knew I wanted to own a business, but being a wedding an event planner for 11 years was not part of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pivot, that was a detour. <laughs> It, it, you know, but what I love about it, I learned so much about operating a business. Obviously yeah. I started to coach and consult with people. I also really, it really fed into my creative soul yeah. that being an attorney did not allow for. Right. Yeah. So the two then kind of merged back together where I was like, I want that. I want to be able to work with people that understand this, like, and I understand them in this creative capacity, but I want to do the business stuff because that's what I'm really good at. I know it really well. And I was helping people do it and get results, great results. Yeah. So a friend of mine, the first client I had, who you know, Eliana Bossicult, she- Oh my God. 
Holly B. Holly B. As uh, events is what most people know her as. She, we have been friends forever, and she was my first client. And if you don't know her, she's she does amazing celebrity events and just like amazing. one of the most amazing event planners. I was happy to like be able to help her, and you know, she paid me a, at the time was like a great bit of money for her to do that. And I was like, okay. And so that was like the second pivot, right? Into coaching and consulting. And then when we sold the, the, sold the business, so that was 2010, 2014, we sold the business and I went fully into coaching and consulting. I did one-on-one. I then did courses. I did a group programs. And then I did the Savvy Experience, which was the, the conference. After that, I launched another group program and in the January after that, I launched a membership mm-hmm. and had about 350 people in a membership. And so all that launched. And then another not so fun pivot happened. My daughter was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And that was literally 20, the month afterwards. 2017? 2017. And I, I launched the membership. I launched the program at the end of 2016 after the conference. And then yep. I launched the membership in January, 2017. And February 2017 is when she was diagnosed. And I remember the day that you posted, you were public about it because I was on a plane going somewhere and I was looking at my Facebook in the group and you post something in the group and I was like, well, what? And then like, of course it was like, turn off your phones (laughs) because you have to go. And I was like the whole flight, I just kept thinking about you and London and your family and just like, like just so thrown because like you had, like you just said, it was such an upward momentum for you. Yeah. I was at the peak of my business for sure. For sure. Yeah. And the interesting thing was the, the, at the conference, another person that we know mutually. Yes. Sarah. First time Sarah was diagnosed with stage four neuroblastoma, the same cancer that London ended up being diagnosed with that February. And she was supposed to come to the conference and she didn't end up coming because he was diagnosed obviously. So refunded her all the money. And then we did like a huge thing to support, support him. And so that all happened. And then, you know, that changed our life financially, mentally, physically, everything changed at that moment. Yeah. So before we get into the London uh, pivot, which yeah. I definitely want to talk about, you yeah. mentioned in the telling of the story, like two times you said, well, I couldn't do this anymore. So I knew it was time to go. Do mm. you remember like what that felt like in your body, in your mind? Like, cause I know a lot of people listening are like, you know, in the wedding industry, kind of a toe out of the wedding industry, thinking about what their next act is. Like, was there something pulling you? How did you know, or did you not know yeah. and did, went, went into action anyway? So I think with law school, I think I would have been an attorney and gone on to be an amazing attorney had the the moment with my dad not happened. And then September 11th happened. So that was like definitely personal. Like it felt it. It, it was, it was a turn upside down kind of feeling. I think when it came to selling the, the wedding planning business, I just felt that I couldn't give any more to it. And honestly, it was a lot of weekends. I was, so when we sold, I was pregnant Mm -hmm. um, right before with my second child and I don't know, I guess it was that just gut feeling of, and I knew before, here's the thing I knew before and I stayed longer because 
this will tell you something about my personality. I'm a little <laughs> bit of a people pleaser sometimes. And I was like, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I had a business partner yeah. who bought into this thinking this was yeah. going to be ours together for a very long time. And I also, the other big thing for me was I became aware of online business. Yeah. And so I did at the time, you know, back in the day, I did Marie Forleo's B-School and yep. that really changed everything for me. And I opened up a whole new world that I wasn't aware of. And so that was really the other big pivot for me of, of the reason of like what, when I felt it was right, because I did the education before. And then I was like, okay, after I got that, I was like, oh, yeah, I love this. Like there's so much opportunity. I could help so many people. Yeah. And it, and it was going to fit within the lifestyle that I wanted. I wasn't going to have to be at weddings every weekend. Even, even you know, with the team, um, we were still, yeah. it's still, you're a lot in it. So I stayed a few years longer than I actually wanted to because I loved running the business. I loved running the event planning business. Right. I did not like doing the weddings anymore. So, okay. So let's go back to period of time when London was diagnosed um, yeah. obviously a pivot that no one saw coming. Um, no. how did you untangle from all those things? Yeah. So interestingly enough, I didn't get rid of anything or do anything differently at first. Yeah. It was like, okay. So the one thing that did happen was at, uh, that February was the end of the six month group coaching program that I had done. So after the, at the conference, I sold their group coaching program. And so we were just in, ending that in March, the next month. And, um, I gave everyone, I didn't miss, I only missed one call. And at the time I wore it as a badge of honor, like I'm only missing one call and I'm still making all this stuff happen for my kids and, you know, my daughter. And then my son is fourth time. And, you know, my husband and I are working a lot and our life became hospital. Yeah. Just that's what it was. Uh, we were in the hospital all the time. So we really, ha I had to really like look at everything that I had and go, what can stay? What needs to go? And so the program was wrapping up. I had one person, I had 20 people in the program. I had one person that was not happy that I did not show up for the one call and then I was ending. And so I was glad to, it was really, really hard. It's one of those moments where you're like, mm, okay, people are really showing their. I was like, that says a lot about whoever that person is. Yeah. That's you know, here's the thing, nothing on her, because if she was ever here, this, she knows who she is. But at the period she was in her life at that moment, it makes sense of yeah. why that was happening. She wasn't yeah. in the, like the best place in her life and right. her business. And so it makes sense for me now at the time yeah. it was devastating to oh, me sure. as a Enneagram two like helper. I just want to help people. And then it was like, <laughs> to my yeah. heart, like yeah. what you did just hear that my daughter was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Right. So I ended that and we got everything fulfilled for that. So that was good. And then um, the membership I kept on, I think for a year and a half. 
Mm-hmm. And I just knew that it needed to go after, you know, at the end of that, probably like a year and, you know, a few months in, I was like, okay, this isn't working out. Yeah. It was just requiring too much of my time. I think a lot of times people think that memberships are going to be something that you just create and then it's easy and it just, it just. No, <laughs> no. As no, someone who has, membership, who has been running a membership since March, I can tell you yes. it is the most work I've ever done, but I'm happy to do it, but it is not this yeah. like set it and forget it. No, 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 no but no. it's sold. It was sold back in the day. And I still think now as a way to like passive income, have your yes. community and, you know, and it's, and then it's like at the, at that time, and, and this is, I think something different than in memberships. I don't think they need to give the kitchen sink, but at that time, everybody was pitching it as like, give it all, give it all yes. and only charge $57 a month for it. And I was like, that's right. What, what, this isn't working out. So I don't know, something's going to change. So I ended up, I could have probably sold that, but I just wasn't in the headspace of being able to do that. Yeah. So I just let that go. I honestly, I would love to do it again. I love community. And you know, that's how my business started. When I started this coaching business, I started it with a Facebook group and grew you it to like- that, Your Facebook group was the bomb back in the day. It was so amazing because it, was it felt a it was a good place to go. If you mm-hmm. felt it was helpful, people were yes. like in it together. And and it was it was a special place. And I still put people to today to that will hire me or find me and they're like, I remember you back in the day. Yep. We, had savvy meetup. we had savvy meetups. Yeah. So we used to have, yeah. 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 We used to do all those things, which was amazing at the time. It just, but we needed to pivot in the way that we ran things. But eventually I was like, this isn't sustainable for what our family needs. Yeah. We were spending a lot of time, you know, London was, you know, at the, the first year we went through two stem cell transplants, two surgeries. I don't even know how many rounds of chemotherapy. That was just the first year. She probably did a hundred over her six years rounds. And during the, during the stem cell transplants, we were in isolation in the hospital where no one could come in. Obviously this was all before COVID, but still no one, it was kind of like that in the sense that I tell people that we were wearing masks before masks was cool. Right. So, um, cause we started wearing them then, you know? So anyway, all that really, I think, and this is where I like to talk, this is why I like to talk about it around the business aspect, because it was a season and it was an ongoing season. Like I wish it would have just been a season and it was a season after season after season. And so each season I would see, okay, where are we at with her and our, you know, our kids? Now we have three kids, but at that time, where are we at? And then where are my husband and I at? And, and what, and where do I want to be? And where, how much energy did I have because of the mother I was a lot of, and like, I wanted my energy to go to her and my, and my, and my son at the time. Yeah. So I wouldn't change anything, but we did have to shift for sure. Not even a question. So that brings us to today, I guess. Yeah. 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 In February, London passed away. Um, unexpectedly, we were not expecting it. We were basically given notice in January that she had probably two weeks and she passed away after a week and a half. And so it was a rapid decline and we had no idea. We were not prepared. We had never even talked about any of that because it never was on the, we never thought it was going to happen. Like it wasn't so many times. Yeah. She'd been in remission. We were doing better. And what happened was we went back, um, 
in January to have her three month scan. She would get scans every three months for six years. Um, and she had been doing a oral chemotherapy. And at that time they told us that it had covered her whole body again. And it was basically like we were on that first day of diagnosis where it covered her whole body and there was nothing else we could do. Wow. And yeah, she, you know, she was our best friend. So it was, it's been a huge, again, transition and pivoting. And it's this interesting thing that I tell people about that it has opened up so much space for myself in terms of space on my calendar. Yeah. But then you have all the grief that goes with that. Right. Right. So therapy has always been a big part of my life. Well, I say the big part of my life for the past five years and with business and life, I, I would just, you know, I was going to therapy regularly. I go every week or I do online, but we we do every week therapy. And I think that's (laughs) a big, yeah, yeah, that's been a big thing that I've used to help get through it. But it's also, you know, my husband and I talk about it as a, it's another chapter of our lives and, is it one that we wanted? Is this how we would have written it? No, but this is the cards we were dealt and we have, you know, two other children. And that was a whole other thing. Uh, 20, 2019, I got pregnant unexpectedly at the age of 43, which I was not planning on. And London was in remission again. So we were in remission. We had a baby. We, I was homeschooling both kids. Oh, right, because um, of COVID. Yeah, we moved and COVID was happening and we were back in the hospital doing all the things, radiation, chemotherapy, all the things again. Yeah. So that was a whole nother pivot of like, and I actually took a break from taking on clients that year. I, I still had all my clients that I was working with one-on-one, but I didn't take any on. And that, can I just say, was a huge pivotal moment because I realized that my identity was so wrapped up in being an entrepreneur. It's a new year, and you likely have a whole new journal page full of goals. Me too, friend. If more travel and more education are in your sights for 2024, well, I have just the thing for you. The Be Sage Conference, February 26th through 29th in Mexico. The Be Sage Conference is three days of deeper learning and masterminding to level up your business. Hardcore, no-fluff, solid business education that expands your mind, challenges your beliefs, and shifts your perspective. Collaborate with people who think differently about how business should be done in our industry. And surround yourself with industry leaders who will lift you up to innovate and shine. And I'll be there too. For more info and to register, oh, and ticket sales close on January 15th, so get moving, go to bsageconference.com. Com. That's B-E-S-A-G-E conference.com. See you in Mexico. Well, that's so funny, Heather, because I was going to ask you that. Like at what point did, or did you ever have a point where you were like, well, where am I now? Where am I, Heather, now in yeah. this scenario? Yeah, a lot of times. But that year in 2020, I was like, I can't be superwoman. <laughs> like right. I'm not right. for all of this. Like, and yeah. of course my husband was here very, very yes. supportive. We are like 50, 50 partners, but with all that was going on, it was just too much. And I was like, I don't want to give my business up, but I can't take on anybody. And so I 
I had people that were in a program and I was doing that. And then I had one-on-one consultant consulting clients I was working with. And, um, I had to step back and it was interesting because I thought, you know, I'm, I'm still working the whole time. It wasn't like I quit working. I just slowed down and I didn't take in any new clients. But well, that... and I'll say from the outside, you also stopped promoting. And that's why I think people were like, well, where's, what's Heather been up to? What, I mean, we haven't seen Maude Heather. It's like, we're doing the work privately behind the scenes. We're just not launching every five minutes. So you don't see no. it, the visibility. It's di- it feels yeah. different to people just watching. Yeah. Cause I didn't have the energy. I didn't have the bandwidth to be able to be on Instagram all the time. And, and honestly, when I was, it became a lot about London. And as she was turning into a teenager, I was very protective of her and obviously wanted her to have a voice in all of it. As even when she was nine, you know, when she was diagnosed, I was always very aware, like this is her life. And I'm her mom. And so I can tell my story as the mom, but like, I often also have to honor her story and her voice um, as a person that's actually going through it. And so we were very clear on that from the beginning. And as she was getting older, I could just see that it was like, maybe I don't want to share everything, mom, you know? And so it was hard because that was so much of my day. That was basically all of my day. And then in between I would do calls um, at the hospital and, you know, I would do Slack, me- Slack messages and I was still running the program and still doing this stuff. But that was a huge shift because it just felt like I, because I wasn't marketing, I didn't have all that extra stuff that I needed to do. Yeah. And I talk about it on my podcast that it was such a huge identity shift for me. And I had to separate myself from being an entrepreneur. And so what i found is like, I had stopped asking what Heather needs. I was just giving to everyone else, my clients, my, you know, my spouse, my kids. And I, there was nothing left over for me. Yeah. And I was just like, this is not good. I said, it's not sustainable for you at all. I mean, how long can you run like that before you're like, well, wait a minute, (laughs) wait a minute. Yeah. And I hit the age at 44 when my dad passed away. And that was a pivotal moment for me too, because I was like, because this is after I just had, this is all during the same time. Right. You just and I was just like, I can't do this. Like I am literally going to kill myself in, a, in the, in the terms of like running myself yeah. to, to do all the things stressed yeah. out from all the things and expect, I, and, and, and here's the thing. It was nobody else telling me I had to do all of it. Right. It was this. It was this picture I had built that this is who I am. And without this segment of it, I was not me. And I wasn't, it wasn't that I wasn't worth, because I've always like felt very confident about myself and self-worth. That has never really been an issue. But what it felt like is without the work stuff, like what am I doing with my time? And what, what, and then I was like, Oh, Heather, what do you actually want to do with your time? Right. Right. It was just so, it was like one of these, whoa, mind blowing experiences for me. And I'm like at 44, I'm going through this. I'm just now learning this. And I think I've done it before. I've had such these like pivotal shifts and things that have happened in my life. Yeah. That it felt like doing it again. And I was like, okay, it's got to be different 
And I think also the thing was I was during this whole time, I was observing what was going on in the online space. Well, and that's I what I was going too. We're really unhooking a lot from the hustle culture in these last couple of years where when you and I started, it, I mean, I have a, I have a poster here in the, in the corner. It says good things happen to those who hustle. Yeah. I bought that in 2014, y'all. Like th that's what we were taught. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I felt like I had let the hustle go many, yeah. many, many years ago, but I will say that I was still, I had to still do a lot of unlearning in the last, I would say four years of what the online space had essentially taught me yeah. um, about how you have to run a business. And I yeah. think there are so many things, obviously, you know, that have been left out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just was like, okay, I don't use get you to six figures or seven figures. I don't really use money as a way to bring people in because the people that I work with, does money matter? Yes, of course. But it's usually not the driver for them. Right. Um, and people that I work with have been in business for, you know, over five years. And so they're wanting different things. Their goals and stuff are different than just making a certain figure. And that doesn't mean that everyone's made that six or seven figure. I just think that our value of what success is doesn't, doesn't stand on that anymore. Right. And, and, and yeah, so yeah, so much like unraveling yeah. that I had to do and go, okay, again, Hey, let's, let's take this apart. And what does this mean? And I think what helped me through it is I'm a learner. So I felt at first it was a little bit of a shock, but I've been learning all my life. And so for me, it doesn't feel like I'm not worthy because I don't know that or this or whatever. Right. You're able to just be curious about it without having to be like, well, I'm so dumb for not knowing. I also think yeah. there's something so I mean, I relate to the thing about like, okay, well, who am I now? What am I like? What am I calling myself? Right. For the first time yeah. I was putting together a speaker kit a couple of literally days ago and I was writing, you know, the title, my name, and then underneath like my titles. And I didn't put wedding planner for the first time. I didn't know. I didn't oh. realize I didn't put it. Yeah. And so I, I just did it. I made it and I showed my husband and he's like, you didn't put wedding planner. And I was like, oh my, oh, oh, I didn't wedding planner. And that was one of those like moments because it's like, that has been my identity for over a decade, still yes. part of who I am, but it is not yes. the person that comes to mind when you say, when someone says, Renee, what do you do? Yep. And that is a transitional point too, especially for mm -hmm. anyone listening who's like wondering what their next act is like, just kind of removing yourself from that, that title you gave yourself, yeah. the world gave you, whatever it yeah. is can be really freeing, but also scary. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I felt that going from attorney to event planner. And for a while I would say, you know, I'm an event planner, but I have a law degree. And then I was like, Wait, what, what do I got to say that for? You know, right. people right. would look at me and talk to me differently when I did. And then I thought, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> like, like for what I do or don't, I don't need that as it, is that part right. of what I do and who yes. I am? Yes but that's not me. And if I need that tag on there for you to validate me, then I don't really want to be around you or work with you. So right, right. I think I learned that early on, which was a gift for me um, yeah. because then it allowed me to pivot without worrying about what everyone else thought or right. so I that's thought. Part of the oldest I, too. Yeah, I say that, but I will say moving from attorney to 
uh, event planner was really difficult. Moving from like event planning world to coaching, I think was really easy. Well, not easy, but it was easier for me. Yeah. And then I think when in the last couple of years, it's been really difficult for me. And let me tell you why. Because what you said, Heather stopped marketing and I wasn't showing up in all the places. And I was everywhere before, like Facebook, Instagram. Yep. I was every podcast, like doing all yep. the things. Yeah. And then I sat back and thought, okay, but what's the most important to me? Right. And what do I need in order to sustain my business and the life that I really want to live? And I thought, if I'm going to walk the walk and not just talk the talk, that means I have to prioritize what I'm saying I want to prioritize. And that was my family. Absolutely. And so marketing, a lot of it, I gave up. And so now it's hard for me because I almost have like this thing on my shoulder of like, ugh. I got an email and I got an Instagram and I got a LinkedIn I got to do all this stuff again. Like yeah. what? I love yeah. it. I do. I love it. I think part of it is that grieving that I'm still attaching to why I have that availability to do that. I think that's a big part of it. But yeah. I also think that we get to a point where we feel like, or I will say this is what's happening. And I, I bet a lot of people can relate to this. When you've been in business for a while and you, and, and even if you've been in business for a year or two, but you know, I've been in business for almost 20 years and I think I thought, well, I thought I would be somewhere different. This is not where I thought I would be right now. Yeah. And then I would get angry because I'm like, you know, I saw some of my friends who were doing all these things and they were everywhere. And I was like, yeah, but your daughter didn't get stage four cancer asshole. Right. <laughs> you know, I wasn't saying that, but that was the feelings I was having. And that's not my, like my nature to be even like, I don't, I don't even get angry really, but I just was like, okay, well, this is telling what's going on. And again, I just had, I had to unlearn these things that have been taught to us of like, right. if you're not doing all the things, you're not worthy of being a business owner. Right. And I think that you know, sometime when you're in integrity with things, you will lose business to people that want that they only want to hear you say you're going to help them get to seven figures or that you're going to do certain things. Yep. And so I'm okay with that losing that business. That's yeah. what I've come to terms with. Yeah. I'm okay with losing all that business because those people were not meant for me. Yeah. And um, I'm not going to enjoy working with them because they just don't understand or haven't yeah. had to understand the world in, in a certain way, maybe? I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, it's just not a, everything is not just, you know, it's not aligned in that way. Like values aren't aligned there, clearly. Yeah. But what's interesting yeah. too, and I wonder how you, I mean, I, I think I know how you feel about this, but worth saying. So I have a friend, not Sarah, another friend whose child was very ill, who owns a business mm -hmm. in New York. And mm -hmm. she did, she kind of did the same. She sort of stopped marketing her services. She's not in the wedding industry. And, mm -hmm. um, and then she decided at some point in his illness to start again. And yeah. people would comment, what are you, like, why are, what are you po doing posting recipes today? Aren't yeah. And it was like, okay, so she can't run her business because her child is sick, but then the opposite, like, so what, what do you want for Like, I think it's such yeah. a double edged sword. Like no matter what you do, someone's probably going to say something. So you have to do what's right for you. I think is what I took from that. Cause I felt she yeah. was like wanting to work to, for the distraction and then the work her work happens to be very public visible and people were like, mm. yeah. 
what are you doing trying to work? And it's like, oh, yeah. what are you supposed to do? Yeah. I got a little bit of that. I don't, I think my overall, my community was pretty like great and has been, and that's been, I will say that's one of the things having built a community of people. And it's interesting. I, I, I still get weird about this. Cause I'm like, it's not my community. It's just the community that <laughs> I, I mean, I let it, but I really was through the whole time. We also had other people that were like, you know, leaders with ambassadors in my community. And yeah, I have a, a, a part of that. I, and I'm, I'm not, you know, disregarding that. But I think sometimes when I hear about my community and I'm just like, yeah, but we're all people in it. So acknowledge us as people in it and that you, we need you, you need us. Right. Yeah. So it's not just yours. Yeah. So anyway, whole thing around that. But I think what allowed me to get through some of that, a lot of that is having that community that, that we had built online and in person and feeling that, you know, I was a person that I did share. I was pretty open about everything that would happen. I've cried on Instagram more than most people. <laughs> and I've, you know, had these joyous occasions where we would celebrate online, you know. I think through it all, though, it is a challenge. And I think, especially as a woman and a mom, it gets even harder because there's expectations that are already out there that you're this or that and whatever. And I just had to like, let that go. Like people are going to think what they think. And I know my heart and I know that I'm doing what's best for my children and what's best for the people that um, either are working with me or want to work with me. Yeah. And if that, if you don't align with that, that's okay. But there are a lot of people that do. And so I know for me, it was a huge healing, a huge healing factor for me when I could work because it did distract me, but it also let me feel like I was giving to something because when you're in that, there's a period parts of it where it feels everyone wants to give to you. Mm, yeah. We were very lucky and that there was a lot of people that wanted to help and that were always showing up, especially that first year. And I felt, again, this is some, this is a weird thing I've been doing therapy for, but it's this weird thing. I felt like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like overwhelmed with all the willingness to help. And I was like, I just want to help. I want to give back. And so, right. yeah. And so that was really healing for me to be able to work during that time for sure. No, so I, I say for anybody that's in that position, like no judgment, I don't know, no judgment regardless, but it, it's just do what you got to do, you know? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We did an episode on grief and entrepreneurship about a year mm. ago. Because I had been, so I, I lost my cousin in, in the, in the scheme. I mean, I know we're, we can't like, you know, no, there's no, there's no we can't rate each other's trauma, but no. I will say my cousin was like a brother to me and yeah. he passed away very suddenly from a, a drug overdose. I didn't even know he was doing drugs. So it was all very shocking. Sudden happened in the middle of the night, you know, that you get the phone call that you don't expect to get. And you're like, what is happening to my life? Yeah. Maybe, Instagram three and being who I am, I had a 9am meeting the next morning and I went to it. I just, yeah. I took zero time off to grieve. I pushed my way through the end of 2018 into 2019. And it wasn't until I made some very poor choices at the, during that, that real, like, I should not have been working right. The, those yeah. days following, or like weeks following, I should have just taken a beat, but I didn't cause I'm me. Um, and, and I've been unpacking that in therapy for a while, but as someone who worked through the grief, I think there's like, there's like a happy medium there that I, I didn't quite tend to tend to find because what, what I was doing for the wedding planning business specifically is I was 
I don't remember some of these consult calls that I took and booked. So clients that I'd be working with and I would like forget to onboard like basic shit mm. that I didn't know better. My brain yeah. just literally was not online. And so yeah. therefore there was like a year of this horrible, horrible client relationship that I never would have taken had I been literally in my right mind. So I yeah. feel like there's definitely a sweet spot. And I think um, that was like, I was, I think that looking back, like that was a little like a traumatic thing that I was pushing yeah. through, which was dumb. Don't do that. Everybody take a minute. No. But I, I, I do agree. I, I, that happened when nah, I didn't have the business at the time, but after my dad passed away and I started my business, I, I was doing that. Like I, I didn't stop to grieve. I was in my early twenties and I was just like, no, go through. And 14 years later, I ended up starting therapy for it because I was like, it all, it never went away. Like I never right. processed any of it and right. it all came back. And so yeah. I think I feel, I have this feeling of like, I not that I needed that, but like that really helped me yeah. in this, in the, and with London, because I had experienced all that before. And yeah. what I knew is that I didn't want that to happen. And right. I needed to process it as I went through, you know, literally lessons learned, like lessons learned from your yeah, time lessons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and for me too, like when, if the next person I lose, like I will, I know more now about myself and how I think I'm coping when I'm not actually coping. Yeah. Um, where would you say you are now in in, a, in the pivot? Is it is it time for another Heather pivot? Have you pivoted? So I am actually back to what I love doing, and that's working with people one on one. I I do have like some digital products that will be coming out more, and um, oh, and you have the digital magazine, which I love. Talk about the magazine. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I have I have my business minded my digital magazine which kind of just started out as a passion project. I just wanted to do something like creative and fun yeah. and, and combine community with it. And yeah. um, because that's something I felt during this, these past few years, especially the last couple of years, I really didn't have the capacity or bandwidth to really have any kind of community. It was yeah. just me and my husband and our kids and our immediate yeah. family. In fact, that's all we saw. We were, so, we had to be so isolated because of London being sick that not only we had COVID, but then we had her being ultimately sick and we could not be around anyone. And so that was a whole other pivot, a whole other yeah. isolation I'm still working through of like, yeah. wow. I So community, I just wanted, I wanted that community, that sense of community back. And like, yeah. I wasn't having, like, you know, I, I didn't do coffee chats. I didn't do anything. And so yeah. going, I went from one extreme to the other yeah. and kind of like a little... <laughs> like not doing anything. And I was like, okay, what can I do that, you know, that I, that would like fill my cup, but that would still be something I could do for my business, you know? Yeah. And uh, so the business digital magazine came about and I think it'll be so something. Pretty, that, by the way. I love oh, the layout. It's know. so pretty. Yeah. Yeah. But let me, let me share a little bit about it in terms of why I think it works. Yeah. Cause it wasn't just a, like a side project. So what we do is we have the podcast and we do interviews right there. So those people then become, they get to be in the magazine. Nice. So that's, it's a cute, it's cool exposure for them. And you know, they get to be on the podcast and they get to be on the magazine. We also put them in the blog. And so it's all like this little ecosystem. It also like allows me to share products that I, you know, and people and they're really, my heart is with I'm a connector. I'm like a super connector. Yep. Yep, <laughs> and you are. So, 
Yeah. And so it allows me to showcase people that I know in a way that's just like, it also is good for my business too, because it connects me with them and I get to like have chats with people, which felt really good. But then we take from their podcast, we take and like, we'll take a part of it. And maybe they did like five steps or five, you know, something, three tips or something. And we will then write that for them for the blog. And then that the, the written piece also becomes a part of the magazine. Nice. Just this cool little, cool little thing that. that happens. Yeah. And then it also sells my services. Um, so yeah, I'm doing, I do one-on-one consulting and for growth strategies. So it's an ongoing, you know, but some people might call it a retainer, but it's like a subscription service for consulting. <laughs> for <you>. So <laughs> it's a cancel at any time kind of deal and you just pay monthly. And I just found that I love deep relationships. So it's really hard for me even to sell <laughs> something I found out about myself. It's really hard for me. Like when I was doing courses, it was really hard because I felt like I didn't connect with those people as much. Yeah. And when I tried to, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm giving like so much time and energy for something that, you know, yeah, I'm not being compensated for. I feel that 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So figuring out, like I, I do run, um, your success squad, which is, I call the thrive mind for people. And so everyone that I serve have been in business for, for a while, at least five years, I would say the majority of them anywhere from eight to 12 years. And because of that, those people need kind of a deeper dive. They're kind of over the being in programs and being doing courses and all that stuff. They want someone that's going to be kind of their, you know, I say I'm your business consultant in your back pocket. Um, and they just get to call on me. And then I kind of just, I'm okay with being behind the scenes, honestly. (laughs) Most of my business has been me up front about Heather and it is still built like that, I guess, but I just want to be able to get behind the scenes and like figure out ways to grow a sustainable business. And a lot of the people that I work with relate to me because I've done all those pivots. Right. And so when they're pivoting, I'm able to like understand on a certain level what, like what that feels like. You, you, you know, that, you know, the road you've been down the road. Yeah. Yeah, we're still, I, you know, and I think also, again, co- comes back to my like continual learner. I'm just, a, I love learning and I'm always able to give a different perspective or say, hey, let's think about this way. Um, so yeah, I think that part is just leaning into your strengths because I am a connector. Um, I am a, like a deep relationship person because I really want the best for the people that I work with. Yeah. I am an Enneagram two with the three wings. So I love that achiever. I'm an achiever, but like I'm a, I'm a helper. And so I think just leaning into all of those things, I've sometimes felt like they were, especially in the online world, something that was against me kind of like, you know, you got to do all the things. And then I just yeah. thought like, no, I don't want to do it that way. I'm going to be in integrity with my with like my values. Yeah. Well, and... you build your own way. You know what I mean? Yeah. You build your own way. If someone wanted to work with you, Heather, what what's like the first, how do they, what do they do? Reach out? Is it, go to your website? Yeah. What's the first step? Yeah. Just my website, heathercrabtree.com. I'm on Instagram at heatherbusinesscoach. Um, but yeah, everything's on heathercrabtree.com. 
I have some questions about your self-care because we're big on self-care yeah. around here. Um, yeah. so I run a self-care membership for wedding pros where we talk about habits and just Love. how to be a little bit, it's called better. So we always talk about how to be better a little bit at a time. Um, yeah. Do you have a particular like morning routine, like that miracle morning or anything you do daily that's like just for Heather? I will say morning routines have never been available for me because our life has been just, I never knew yeah. what each day was going to bring. Yeah. What helped me immensely was meditation. Mm. I, if, if, if it was five minutes and breathe breath work, those yep. two things, I know that they kind of get glamorized and like, you know, whatever put around them. But for me, even if I couldn't, because there wasn't a lot of time honestly, yeah. that I was without London being sick yeah. or my other children. And so I was like, okay, I need time. And so just taking five to 10 minutes, the Calm app is what I used a lot. Um, and it was just, it, it, it really allowed me when I didn't have a lot of time, even now, cause I have a three-year-old <laughs> yeah. space to just turn off my brain for a second. Cause I, think that it will, it would just continue to, <laughs> the, my husband says the squirrels are running again, aren't they? And um, <laughs> yes, yes the they're always running. Running. Um, running. And just cause I know we're, we're in a new year or at the end of the yeah. year, depending on when people hear this, do you have any, anything you're really looking forward to in 2024? Ah, I think just really, you know, this, this year was really a builder year for me again. Um, and figuring out what I really wanted to be doing. And so this next year, I'm just really leaning into having a core group of clients that I help throughout the year um, and help them grow their business in the way that really aligns with their life. And that, I think that's a big part of, you know, what I do is like, it's, we're not going off of anybody's playbook, right? We're going off of what works for you and really diving into your life and what you want and your seasons and that kind of stuff. And yeah. then building it and growing it in a way that feels good. Cause you don't have to do all the strategies and all the things that people say you need to do. It's like, what actually do you want to do and what feels good to you? Yeah. And I'll be the person to tell you, like, you know, I've got to do it all. <laughs> and you probably will be more successful when you don't do it all, honestly. So 100%. Oh yeah. I love you. I'm so glad we I got love to chat. You too. I'm so glad we had this. It's like good for the like soul. I know we need to do it in person over like some coffees. I would say yeah. wine, but I don't drink anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm down with coffee. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, find Heather at Heather Crabtree. Uh, we're going to put all of her links in the show notes so you can easily, easily find Heather. And um, thanks again, friend. It's so good to see you. You too, friend. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's Talk with Renee Dallow. We would love for you to subscribe on Apple Podcast or follow the show on Spotify so you never miss an episode. And remember, this isn't a one-way conversation. I want to hear from you, our amazing listeners. So reach out to me on Instagram at Renee Dallow or on TikTok at the Renee Dallow. Tell me your thoughts on this episode and suggest topics you'd like us to explore in future episodes. You are a crucial part of this community and your voice matters. And as always, I know that your time is the one thing you cannot make any more of. And I'm always so grateful that you spend it with me. Until next time, friends, be good to yourself.